Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hi! Welcome back into the Forced Upon Podcast. I am your host, Steven Serta. Got a big show planned for you guys today. We've got a lot to get into, but as always, I am joined by my guy, Dusty Likens. Dusty, how are we doing today? I'm good, man. Uh, we're what? Uh, just under three weeks until football officially starts. So yesterday was a three-week mark, so, man, it's getting there. Yeah, it's, yeah, just, uh, yeah, yesterday was the... Was the three-week mark until the Chiefs opened the season against the Houston Texans. And training camp's in full force. Training camp, was, this was the first week of pads, so there was some pretty significant injuries that happened this week. Luckily, so far, none of the injuries that we've seen have been serious injuries for fantasy players. It's been a lot of defensive injuries so far. But there are some injuries of note, so we're going to try to go through those real quick because there's... Some injuries that we might need to be concerned about heading into your fantasy draft. I've got a fantasy draft Saturday night and one on Monday. I don't usually do them this early, but it's just kind of with the state of the world. We're, we're just kind of figuring out how to navigate these things now. Um, I don't like doing them this early because we wind up having injuries and we're starting to see as the pads are coming on, guys are starting to go down. So hopefully none of these injuries are super serious. And hopefully these are guys that we get drafted and they will be productive fantasy players for us. But uh, we can start with the Kansas City Chiefs. A couple of injuries of note. Sammy Watkins was dealing with a groin injury. He did actually return to practice today. So that's that's promising. Uh, Tyreek Hill is dealing with a hamstring injury. And Andy Reid at his press conference today described him as day-to-day. We're used to that <laughs> designation from Andy Reid. Uh, but McCall Hardman seems like he is healthy. and People have been talking about his connection with Patrick Mahomes early on in the season. So Chiefs obviously going to vie for the best offense in the NFL, we would assume. But they need everybody to stay healthy. Are you concerned at all with these early, especially the groin and the hamstring injuries are concerning because they're injuries that could stick around for a while. So Dusty, are you concerned about any of these Chiefs players early on in camp? I'm not Right, just because I feel like we're always on this page with Sammy Watkins, so it's not really anything new with him. Uh, it's just like now the good thing is, is now that he's taking a pay cut, he's not getting paid like a number one receiver. So like 
these injuries have always happened to Sammy Watkins. He's always seemed to kind of miss a little bit throughout the season. Tyreek's injury, like, of course, when you first read it, like, pulls up short, like, grabs his leg. You kind of know hamstring. Those can be re-aggravating. I think Tyreek Hill is just so much of a freak athlete, and he's just such in shape. And we've seen the videos of the whole offseason of what Tyreek's done. Um, so I don't really worry about that. Plus, I saw a report today that he lifted weights and that he was walking around at his own, like, own own way, like, didn't need any help. So I'm not worried about the Chiefs injuries per se. I am, though, kind of worried. I thought Mahomes made a good comment that he said the only thing he'll miss about preseason is that he won't get that first real hit until the season starts. So injuries around the league kind of concern me. I've kind of watched uh, around the NBA to see how these athletes will fare with all this time off and different, uh, you know, weightlifting schedules, different preseasons, getting back into the swing of things. So football is obviously a different sport, but as of now, no, I'm not, I'm not concerned per se with injuries. I'm aware and like I'm alert with how this season could play out uh, with no preseason, but I'm kind of just, I don't know. I'm not really worried yet because nothing's too serious. There's no like major injuries yet. Like the Tyree kill ones, like as serious as we've gotten, uh, but I'm not concerned yet. Yeah. And hopefully with the hamstring injury with Tyree kill, uh, you know, coming off of a season where he was injured a lot last year. I really need him to be healthy because I'm banking on him in multiple leagues. I've got him in a <laughs> dynasty league. I have invested in Tyree kill. I think he's got a chance to be a top three fantasy wide receiver if he plays every game this year. So I'm hoping they can just give him some rest over the next couple of weeks because he doesn't really need training camp. Like we, we know where he's at. He's a superstar caliber player. So hopefully he's fine. Uh, but another injury that might be concerning is Eagles running back Miles Sanders, who I I don't want to be selfish here. I, I'm hoping that this injury isn't that serious, but I'm also hoping that because the Eagles are being super vague about it and they didn't specify what the injury was, they just said it's a lower body injury and he and it could it could be a problem. He's week to week, but they they don't think it's going to be like a major issue for the season. I'm hoping that scares some people off and maybe I can get some value on Miles Sanders in my drafts. Uh, Cause my one on Saturday, I'm picking number two overall and Miles Sanders is not making it back to me, but I would love it if he somehow did. Uh, hopefully there's nothing to worry about there because I do have high hopes for Miles Sanders. I've told you on this podcast, Dusty, I think he's like Christian McCaffrey light. Like he, he can just do everything. Mm -hmm. And Doug Peterson has endorsed him as the Eagles top running back this season. Yeah. The thing that's also interesting about Doug Peterson is not only does he take the Andy Reed lingo with him with injuries, but he also like, he plays that style of offense. Like he's going to run everything through the tight ends and the running backs and miles Sanders. If he stays healthy and stays like at the, where he can be and be what Peterson has campaigned him to be as the workhorse in that offense. Like miles Sanders has a chance to make a lot of noise this year in fantasy football. Uh, quick question, though. You said you picked second in this draft that you think he won't come back to you? Yeah. Okay, so does the first person, are they taking McCaffrey? Um, I think so. I believe okay. so, unless they do something crazy like take Patrick Mahomes or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I and I, I suppose Clyde crazy? I, I mean, I, I suppose there's – well, I mean – I don't actually think that it's all that crazy because I think everybody's going Christian McCaffrey number one overall. I yeah. want Saquon Barkley personally because I think he's got uh, a good a chance 
as any running back in the NFL this year to to be the number one running back. And I think Clyde's going to be heavily in that mix just because the Chiefs' offense is going to be so good. Um, but I'm assuming I'm getting Saquon Barkley. I, I think that he's going to go with Christian yeah. McCaffrey. Um, but other people I've talked to, like around me, I think Patrick Mahomes is probably going number three because the dude, <laughs> the dude who has the third pick is just a diehard Chiefs fan, and he took Patrick Mahomes number one overall last season. He did not make the playoff. Shocker. And yeah. then I've already been informed by the person who's picking four. They will be taking Clyde if Clyde is still there at four. So, hey, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. So we'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, Clyde could definitely go number one. Saquon could go number one. Um, I'm not going to be mad if I end up with Christian McCaffrey because one of those guys goes ahead of him. Hey, I thought of you today uh, looking at Twitter and seeing because we were talking about injuries in this first segment. And I saw your guy uh, Deontay Johnson was like only in uh, only in his jersey today, not in his pads. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not <laughs> thrilled about it. Yeah, it's another. It's another. That's your guy. There's a lot of. I I didn't see a report specifying what his injury is, but he was not at practice today. Um, I've been doing mock drafts like crazy this week, and I have wound up with Deontay Johnson in virtually every mock draft that I have. Uh, because he's still got good value, and I still think he's a really, really talented player, and I'm really excited to get him on my team. I've got him in two dynasty leagues. I am investing heavily in Deontay Johnson this season, so I hope it's not that serious. We'll uh, we'll keep an eye out for a report. Maybe while we're recording, we'll, we'll get uh, an update on him, I hope. Uh, another, another injury, uh, Broncos running back Melvin Gordon, who's expected to be their lead back has a rib injury. It doesn't sound like it's super serious, but it's something to monitor. It's keeping him out of practice at the moment. Yeah, I mean, here we are again, right? Melvin Gordon always seems to be on the on the front page of either injury or missing out in games. Does this make you want to take Philip Lindsay like at any point in the draft? Uh, not really. I'm yeah. not I'm not sold on the Broncos running game, so I haven't been targeting Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay in any draft really because I don't I don't love either one of them. I yeah. I like the Broncos offense overall and I think if Drew Locke is competent at all, they're gonna be able to score because of all of their talented pass catchers. But I don't I'm not targeting their running backs really. I I don't really trust either one of those guys, so it, it doesn't sound like it's a super serious injury, but yeah, for a guy, Melvin Gordon, who's kind of struggled with injuries throughout his mm -hmm. entire career, that's definitely concerning as people are heading into drafts. Um, another serious injury that came out today was Patriots quarterback Jared Stidham, who, if you believe the reports, <laughs> was, was competing with Cam Newton for the starting job, and Bill Belichick refused to commit to Cam Newton as their starter. Apparently, Jared Stidham has a hip injury, they're saying it could be several weeks before he's 100% again. Pretty much locking up Cam Newton as the number one quarterback for the Patriots, which there shouldn't have been a debate about it anyways. The only thing that I'm concerned about with this report is that it hurts some of the value that I've been getting on Cam Newton in drafts because I've been getting Cam uh -huh. Newton late. I've been getting Cam Newton like 12th, 13th round, and I'd be and I, and that's, that's with me like taking a, a top-tier quarterback earlier in my drafts I'd be thrilled if I can get still get Cam Newton in the 12th or 13th round of my fantasy drafts. So do you think that this, like you kind of answer that kind like loosely, does like this, uh, this is Jared Stedman. Like, does that injury like raise Cam's value? Like did anybody like, cause if you said like nobody really truly believed that Bill Belichick really was going to have Cam Newton fight for this job, 
I guess that's just kind of like something that you say as a head coach to kind of keep guys competitive. But like, does this raise Cam Newton's value at all? I mean, I feel like it keeps it the same. I think 12th, 13th round is extremely sexy if Cam Newton's there. I don't know why nobody would take him. Um, but I feel like, I don't know, he gets in like maybe a 10th round pick, ninth round pick now that now people solely believe there is no confusion. Yeah, I mean, maybe. And that's that's really where I'm drafting most of my quarterbacks anyways, unless yeah. I can, unless I, I find myself looking at Dak Prescott in the sixth round or something, because I, I think Dak Prescott's got a chance to finish as a top three quarterback. Like it, it, mm-hmm. He's just going, it's, you know, it's Mahomes, Lamar, and then like Kyler or Dak is like the way it's been getting drafted all, all preseason long. And so I haven't been getting the value on him. I have a couple of times, and I'm hoping I can get that value on him. But if not, like, I don't know. It depends on who else is on the board. If if Matthew Stafford's there in the ninth round, I don't know that I'm taking Cam Newton over Matthew Stafford in the ninth round. It's got to be it's got to be a value because while I think Cam is still a great player, and as long as he stays healthy, I think that he's a quarterback that you want to have on your fantasy roster. I want to take him at value because I still have a boatload of questions about the Patriots offense. I, I think that Cam is going to be fine, and I think that he's still got a chance to be a, a top 10 fantasy quarterback, even with the subpar pass catchers that the Patriots have. You think Bill uses him a lot around the goal line this year? Like, I know the, I know the Patriots are extremely successful inside the five, which is like a, a, a lot of people's fantasy cliche things, but I feel like, Inside the five, Cam in New England can be like dynamite. Yeah, I hope so. He better. Yeah, absolutely better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, or else, I swear. Well, and it's just you know, we saw Cam Newton for years in Carolina with right. awful offensive weapons, and he only got to spend a couple of seasons with Christian McCaffrey, and really right. only one season with Christian McCaffrey, where Christian McCaffrey was, oh my God, the best running back in football, and that was by far the best, the best compliment that he ever had in his NFL career and he's kind of in the same situation in New England like they've just got a Mm -hmm. bunch of scrubs around him and so (laughs) I still think that Josh McDaniels is a really good offensive coordinator I think they're gonna find ways to make Cam Newton a super viable fantasy option so I like Cam Newton a lot I just like him at value because I, I think you can find a ton of value in those quarterbacks I think Cam Newton has a chance to go back to like some of his earlier Carolina days where he was just a lock top five fantasy quarterback. Uh-huh. Uh, Browns running back Nick Chubb is in the concussion protocol. Uh, uh-huh. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully it's not too serious. I mean, I, I would imagine he'll still be fine and good to go for the start of the regular season. Uh, I haven't seen it really change any of the draft value on Kareem Hunt as of yet, but where I've been doing all my mock drafts this week leading up to this draft that I have on Saturday, I've been getting Kareem Hunt in the sixth round, fifth or sixth round every time, and I'm perfectly fine with that value because if Nick Chubb does miss time, Kareem Hunt has a chance to be a league-winning running back. Does Kareem Hunt still get Chiefs bias, though? I don't think so. I think he's just a really talented player. No, I'm saying, like, for instance, like, you know, like how we're both in like fantasy leagues with like a lot of Chiefs fans. Like, does his value go higher in like local leagues because like people remember him as a Chiefs running back and think that he can still be a stud if given the chance and stay in the league and not get in any trouble? Like, do you think that that like because I mean, if Kareem Hunt's in this available in the fifth or sixth round, I'm going to take him every single time in a draft. 
I, I don't think that his value changes in a, a local Chiefs fan draft. Like, you have to – it's annoying because you have to up the value of every single Chiefs player, but I don't think you have mm-hmm. to do that with Kareem Hunt. I think that – I think people just know how talented he is, and they've seen him okay. be a number one running back, which is why, like, I think it's it's often crazy to, in my opinion, to just take a guy – a backup running back in the fifth round, but but Kevin Stefanski's already acknowledged, like, no, they're both going to get work. They're both going to yeah. have roles in the offense, and it's just that they're both number one running backs, but Kareem Hunt's in every down back, and Nick Chubb can't really catch passes. So if Nick Chubb goes down for any reason, like, you know, he's already got one concussion this offseason. If he happens to get another concussion and misses a significant amount of time, which is generally how those things go, Kareem Hunt's in every week you know, top 10 running back. He's an every week starter in your fantasy lineup and he's got top five upside. Yeah. And I also just think that cream hunts one of those guys that can give an offensive spark. And I mean, you know, not to sound like an everyday, you know, football announcer, but you know, if the, if the sparks there, they're going to keep it. They're not going to like let somebody take it out. I get it. Nick Chubb's their guy. And he was there, you know, thousand yard rusher last year, but I just feel like if cream Hunt could stay on the field, stay out of trouble and just keep going, like he can be back to that, 20 what was that 2017 2018 year with Mahomes and the Chiefs like that was that was like he's not gonna have that quarterback throwing to him but he's gonna get a ton of targets if he's on the field all the time uh real quick before we wrap up injuries one guy I wanted to bring up to you because you know I had a lot of shares of him last year I had high hopes for Bengals wide receiver AJ Green I had him in virtually every league that I was Mm -hmm. in last season because I was getting a ton of value, and we thought he was going to come back and play at some point. Well, he never actually played. I kept him on a bunch of rosters. It burned me. I learned my lesson. I'm not doing that this season, but I still like A.J. Green. But he's already banged up and missing days of practice, and that's already super concerning because the so far the reports on Joe Burrow have been unbelievable. Like yeah, all, Pretty all these, good. All these Cincinnati reporters are talking about, Joe Burrow's accuracy is just off the charts. Oh, Joe Burrow just <laughs> six for six on this touchdown drive for uh, for 97 yards, and he hit Auden Tate and Stride and Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Like, I actually, we've talked about this a lot. Like, I think the Bengals offense and the Dolphins offense are those two sleeper offenses that I really, really like this fantasy football season. But, that was with AJ Green coming in as the number one wide receiver. Now, now I don't really know what to think because he's already hurt. Yeah, I want nothing to do with AJ Green. I want nothing to do with him last year. I made fun of you uh, several times. Um, you know, of course, how the Bengals were last year. They benched uh, what they do. They benched Andy Dalton on his birthday, and then they just didn't even let AJ Green step on the field. And he was like, I don't even actually want to play. But I think Tyler. I think I think Boyd can have a huge year. Uh, with a new connection with a new quarterback. And, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, reporters are going to be in awe and shock uh, with a new quarterback. I mean, you've seen what they've had to go through the last couple of years. But I'm like you. Uh, A.J. Green, no matter what, is a, is a lengthy vet, one of the best receivers to do it in our lifetime uh, that we've watched football, like just the way he can catch the ball, footwork, all that. If he's on the field, it makes an offense that much better. If he's not on the field, it makes that offense that much worse. But, uh, yeah, I want nothing to do with A.J. Green when it comes to fantasy drafts. I – Nothing. I I shouldn't, but I still do. I love Tell him. yourself no. I love AJ. I love his talent. Man, so when he's, he's the girl that cheated on you in high school when he, but when and he's, you stop talking to her and she still tries to get you back and you think about it, uh, you shouldn't do it. 
Yeah, but if that girl hit me up today, I'd probably still sleep with her. I don't think you will. Uh, 30-year-old Steve, <laughs> I don't know if he does that. I don't, I think, don't you've know, gone man. Off, I, I think you're giving me too much credit. Okay. It's been, I mean, it has been quarantine. Um, stay away. Just, it, it, you remember how heartbroken you were last year when, like, A.J. Green came off the list. A.J. Green was at practice. And then it was, A.J. Green doesn't feel like playing this week. That's what you're going to do again this year. I, you know, I don't, I don't think want that, anything to do with that. I don't think that he ever didn't play because he didn't feel like playing. I think he was angry with the Bengals because he wanted a contract extension, which is which is super fair. He's done a lot for that franchise, and he's been their, one of their best players for damn near a decade, if not a decade at this point. He's, they he's an incredible his best friend on his birthday. He's, he was done after that. He's an incredible player. It's just... I want shares of the Bengals offense. I think the Bengals offense is going to be a lot better than we're giving it credit for. I just don't think that I, you're, you're right. I, I don't think that I can draft AJ green right now because he's going to be the most expensive person outside of Joe Mixon in that offense. Joe Burrow. So got unbelievable value in fantasy drafts. Like you're, you can get Joe Burrow 13th, 14th, 15th round right now. Like his, his value. Oh yeah. Is going to be awesome. Like if you can get him as a number two, and Joe Burrow winds up being the offensive rookie of the year, that's that that's going to be that that that's that badass value that I'm looking for. Um, and real quick before we wrap this up, I, I got to get your opinion on this. So we haven't discussed it on the pod, but uh, Darius Geis was released by Washington last week uh, because of a domestic violence charge, and then it came out this week there was a report out of LSU that there was two different cases of where he was accused of rape that were reported to the school and the school just kind of ignored them. Uh, Darius guys, obviously I would assume that his NFL career is over uh, depending on how this domestic violence thing goes, how, how these rape accusations go. I would assume that he's probably done, but that has drastically changed what we can expect from the Washington backfield, which is, which has a lot of players and it's kind of a confusing backfield at this point adrian peterson's set to be the starter but adrian peterson's old he's still managing to hold up he's still managing to get a lot of carries so i do think that adrian peterson's actually going to be a factor and he's going to be a fantasy factor but he's a guy that you can get super late in drafts uh antonio gibson's an exciting rookie that a lot of people are drafting because he's supposed to get the passing down work but then there's a report out of washington training camp that adrian peterson got the day off and Bryce Love was their number two running back, and apparently he was really, really impressive. So now I'm probably staying away from Washington in general because I don't like any of this, but Bryce Love has all of a sudden become a super intriguing just last pick of your fantasy draft flyer. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I don't think that I want anything to do with Washington as well. Um, unless we're talking about your guy, Scary Terry. But Bryce Love, man. No, because you know what? No, I don't want anything to do with that because I was uh, big on the, what was it, Chris Thompson. I thought he was going to be the next guy in Washington. Now he doesn't even play for him. And he had like one or two games, and then Washington just became the bad football team they were. Yeah, I'm good. That's uh, I, don't, I don't trust Dwayne Haskins. I just don't think it's there for him. And then somehow Alex Smith is still like playing football. I think Alex uh, is about to be the starter. That's I and I don't want to watch Washington, man. Uh, well, and you know, like that's gonna break my heart if it's something bad. So, like that, 
I am in fear for him watching him play football. Like, I just... See, I don't want to make, you know, the rep- or the story that came out today, Ron Rivera, or yesterday, Ron yeah. Rivera announced that he's also been diagnosed with cancer. Like, I, I don't want to make light of that. Uh, that's That sucks, and that's awful, but they say it's super treatable, and, they, and I think it's super curable. And hopefully he's going to be okay. He's going to plan on continuing to coach throughout all of this. Like, this has a... Chuck Pagano, Indianapolis Colts type of feel. Like when Chuck Pagano got diagnosed with cancer and they rallied around the interim head coach, Bruce Arians, and they were just a playoff team. But this is an even more extravagant storyline because Alex Smith could come back and lead this team to like 10 wins out of nowhere and surprise everybody because their defense has has a decent shot at actually being solid. And maybe their offense is going to surprise because we all think Terry's a number one wide receiver. Yeah, you could. I just, I'll let you stay on that train by yourself. Like, I hope they do well because of Ron and because they finally changed the name, kind of. But I just, I don't know if, I don't know if I feel comfortable watching Alex Smith at quarterback. That's just going to make me yeah. feel like super tense the entire time. I'm going to say I w- I'm not drafting Alex Smith or anything like that. But I am interested in a light, late round flyer on Bryce Love. That's that that's yeah, that's okay. piqued my curiosity. I cuz Antonio Gibson's going way higher in drafts than everybody else. He's in some circumstances going over Adrian Peterson, but you're getting reasonable value on both of those guys. We just don't have any idea how that backfield's going to work out. So what if everybody's on AP, everybody's on Antonio Gibson, and then it comes out that Bryce Love is the guy that comes out of nowhere, and he's and he's just a he's just a baller, and and Bryce Love was a baller in college, like he all, he he was he was one of the most dominant running backs in college football before he tore his ACL. I want to see Bryce Love succeed in the NFL, so I'm excited about that. I'm going to be targeting Bryce Love. And like the like rounds thirteen to fifteen of my fantasy drafts this weekend. That's another one of Steve's badass value picks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you wanted to get into this a little bit, Dusty. Uh, you know, we we talked about Clyde a little bit already, and Lewis Riddick and Pete Schrager think you need to take Clyde number one overall in your fantasy drafts. And I honestly, I don't hate it. Like he's still going, you know between like eight and 11 and most average fantasy drafts at this point. And I can't believe he's going that late because I understand people feel more comfortable taking Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be the every down running back for the, for this chiefs team. And they're going to be, you know, the number one offense in football, in my opinion, I I think, I think it's going to be them. And I think it's going to be Dallas. They're going to be the top two offenses this year in the league as long as everybody stays healthy. And so going back and looking at the 2018 numbers, Kareem Hunt, who played in 11 games, Kareem Hunt had 14 touchdowns in those 11 games. <laughs> I've been making the prediction that Clyde's going to lead the NFL with like 16 to 18 touchdowns this year as a rookie. And everybody thinks that I'm way overestimating his value. Now, the reason I still wouldn't take him number one is because Christian McCaffrey, while I have bold expectations for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Christian McCaffrey had like 2,500 scrimmage yards last season or something unbelievable and 19 touchdowns. And I think Saquon Barkley in a revamped offense in New York, 
uh, with a better offensive line and another uh, second-year Daniel Jones, I think he's just going to have more opportunities to really succeed and his offensive coordinators, Jason Garrett. We know what Jason Garrett did with Ezekiel Elliott. Like, like I feel like I can bank on, on Saquon Barkley just having an unbelievable amount of touches this season as long as he stays on the field. And so I feel like those certainties are hard for me to pass on but I don't have an issue with you taking Clyde at number three, at, at number four, number five. Like, I don't, I don't have an issue with Clyde going number five in your fantasy drafts at all. Yeah, so this is – I kind of got inside my own head uh, the other day thinking about this because I'll have the number one pick in my, in, in my fantasy draft is the winner for some reason. It's a crazy rule that we came up with a long time ago. Stupid if you ask me, but it, it works out that the winner gets the first overall pick in the next year's draft. So the last two years, I've picked Christian McCaffrey. Well, I guess this year, last year, and then this year, I'll probably take him again. But I kind of like had a debate with myself because that's what we do. You and I were, were sick and twisted when it comes to fantasy football. And I told myself, is there a way to talk myself out of taking McCaffrey number one overall and taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, as the number one overall pick in the entire draft? And again, this is zero Chiefs bias. This is not me being a hardcore Chiefs fan because that's just not how I root for football teams uh at this point in in my life when it comes to sports i just more so when it comes to fantasy value and what i thought of the opportunities here do we bank on christian mccaffrey having a third consecutive year of just running away with the competition at running back like last year was like basically his solidification year where it was like okay this guy is literally going to get a thousand and a thousand and 20 plus touchdowns easily like it, it wasn't hard for him to do that and it seemed every week you watched red zone McCaffrey would score on elite on like a 25 plus yard touchdown run or pass play but this would have to be a third consecutive year of him putting up number one overall numbers that means he's going to compete with like the Ladanian Thomason years a little bit of those Priest Holmes years back in the early 2000s um, I think Le'Veon Bell had a couple years where he was the solidified number one overall but it's always around that third year does it teeter one way or the other after being so dominant? And again, Christian McCaffrey is something that we haven't really seen this much of. Like we saw Marshall Falk kind of do it. We kind of saw LaDainian Thomas do it a little bit, but like Clyde Edwards Solaire's upside is that this is going to be the number one offense. Andy Reed runs wheel routes and screen passes more than anybody in the entire NFL. You go back to the Kareem Hunt years. Same kind of story. Kareem Hunt came up because somebody was hurt. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire came up because someone opted out. The quarterback trusts the running back. And it's not just camp cliches with, with Clyde. It's not just, oh, he's in great shape. He's in midseason form. He's got a tremendous six-pack when he takes his shirt off. That's probably not one, but you get it. And the thing about this is that it's like guys like beat writers are saying he's catching everything. He's fit into the offense. Eric Bieniemy has said that he seems like he's progressed better than everyone else thought he would. That might be a cliche, but that's in an offense that's got a 75,000-page offensive playbook. And so the upside there and the questionable downside on McCaffrey is can he do this again and again? And the, ups, and the downside, I guess, on, on Clyde Edwards-Slayer is that he's never played an NFL game. There's no preseason. Um, the first game is going to be on national television when this entire team gets their rings. And... We also saw what Kareem Hunt did on his first game. He fumbled his first snap he ever touched in the NFL, and then he absolutely torched the Patriots the rest of that game. So, again, 
I don't know where you go with this. I've tried to talk. I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey without a doubt, 100% stamp of approval, but I could almost talk myself out of taking Clyde number one, because also there's big, big praise from guys like Riddick and Schrager. And I know Schrager kind of plays that role of like a chief's Homer. He was that way last year, but Lewis Riddick doesn't. Lewis Riddick speaks truth and he means it. And he doesn't just say things to catch a tabloid spot or to catch a tweet. And so that's why it's intriguing to me that like, there's a chance Clyde Edwards-Solaire could really do 800, 500, like you said, 16, 17 touchdowns. And that would just be astronomically high and just would be a top pick in a fantasy draft overall. Yeah. And yeah, I think that he is going to be a top five pick in all likelihood in every local draft that I do here in Kansas City. Like I've got a more national one that I'm doing on Monday, and but that's a, a dynasty draft as well. So Clyde's going to go very high in that league, and, and I think that it's deserved because the Chiefs' offense is going to be the best offense in the NFL, and Clyde's going to get more snaps. Like we were debating the other day, who was like the number two running back behind Clyde, and it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like those right. guys, those guys are going to get drafted in some leagues just to have a potential handcuff, but Clyde's going to be the guy, just the same way that Kareem Hunt was the guy, and so. So you have to draft him with those types of expectations. Like, I don't think he's going to get as many carries as Kareem Hunt did his rookie year because that was an Alex Smith-led team and the Chiefs are just going to throw. But mm-hmm. Clyde's legit got 70 catch upside. And so, especially in PPR formats, I think he should mm-hmm. be a top five pick easily. And I don't have a problem with anybody that wants to do it. But uh, you posted this question to me, too, like just on how you wanted to rank the Dallas Cowboys offense, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, and the Chiefs offense, like which one is legitimately going to be the best of those three in fantasy football? I I think it's the Chiefs, but my number two would be Dallas, and I don't think Dallas is that far behind the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the sexiness and the intrigue is there with Tampa Bay, with Tom and and that backfield that's just just giving you, Steven Serta, just a migraine every day that you read a report about Tampa Bay's backfield um but like their their receivers have like Godwin and and Evans I don't know if I'm still believing that but I'm with you I think the Chiefs offense just because of the way that they have performed the last two years with 15 behind the center um and the fact that nobody went anywhere they're bringing this offense back they're running it back as the hashtag has just been absolutely uh spoiled to death on social media but I I'm with you I think that if you're in a league where there's a lot of Chiefs bias and a lot of Chiefs fans that draft guys, like guys that'll take Travis Kelsey in the first round late or guys that'll take, you know, Sammy Watkins in the third round just because it's a Chiefs receiver. Think about Dallas because Dallas is basically going to be, you know, the Chiefs in the NFC and just south of the Chiefs. They have an explosive offense. They have a quarterback that's looking to prove it to the world and they're also kind of bringing a lot of the same stuff back and they've added a weapon into their offense. They're going to be good. They have a ton of options on that offense and they're going to try to win a lot of games, 35, 38, 41 to whatever you can do. They're just going to play track meet games. I know Tampa's is sexy. I know Gronk, Evans, Godwin, all those guys, Brady, but when it comes to the chiefs and it comes to the Cowboys, that's going to be the show to watch. And if all your friends draft chiefs players, Go draft Cowboys players because they're going to put up numbers too. Yeah, I, I love all three of these offenses, and, I, and I'm going to be targeting players on all three of these offenses. 
So I, I don't think you can go wrong with with any of them. Like like there is like for Tampa Bay, I love Mike Evans and I love his talent. I'm passing on Mike Evans in a lot of mock drafts right now because I, I'm struggling to see where like he he's he's managed to go for over a thousand yards every year in his career, and I think he's fully capable of doing mm-hmm. that this season. It's just that his efficiency has continued to go down and down every year. And last season, you know, he had some just unbelievably massive games, and then he'd have a game where he had two catches for 37 yards. And and so if with a second-round, early third-round price tag that, that is on Mike Evans right now, I want a guy that I that I know every, every single week he's going to get you know, eight to 10 targets and he's going to have an opportunity to produce consistently every single week. And so Mike Evans, somebody that like, I don't know that he's going to get that opportunity the way that Tyreek Hill is going to get that opportunity. Uh, You know, and where he's going, like Travis Kelsey's starting to rise a little bit, but early on in the preseason drafting process, like I was getting Travis Kelsey in the same area that I was getting Mike Evans. And I would rather have Travis Kelsey. Right just because of target share and time play. Yes. Uh, before, but before we get out of here, let's go. We're going to try to do this once a week moving forward, I guess. Or, or well, yes, we're, we're going to start doing the podcast okay. once a week. I don't know if we're going to start okay. doing this once a week, but uh, right. we've got one bus player and uh, one breakout player that we're going to give you each week. So, Dusty, where do you want to start? You want to start with bus? We do bad news first. That's fine. Okay, and these are bold predictions, right? Or is this just weekly predict? Like, this is like for the season, right? It's yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, don't hate me for this, but I think my bust this year is Devonte Adams. Why'd I hate you for that? I don't know because I feel like you're a big DA guy. Yeah, he's fine. I I like Devonte. I think that. I don't know. I just, it screams bust that quarterback situation. I have no idea what in the hell's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't know where he's at uh, when it comes to like his, his play at quarterback. Now I try to give last year as like the year that like, maybe this is it. The new offense is there. The coach is out and it just didn't seem to do anything for me. I think that Devontae Adams gets picked very, very high. And he is the opposite of Steve's badass value. And I think he's a bust this year. I mean, I would still uh, – he he's going, you know, first round, and it's because yeah. the Packers have nobody else, and he's going to get a ton of targets. Uh, the problem that I have with Devontae Adams is that he's just only got one 1,000-yard season in his career, and mm-hmm. we continue to assume that he is just a lock number one wide receiver. And granted, he was great last year when he wasn't injured, but once he got injured, he was he was struggling to produce the same way. It's just with him, it's just – He's going to get massive volume because they don't have anybody else to throw to. But the problem with that, too, is that since they don't have anybody else to throw to, his efficiency efficiency numbers struggle because Mm -hmm. he's getting a ton of targets, but he's drawing the best corner from every single team. He's getting double coverage. So I don't necessarily think he's a bust. I'd still take Devontae Adams in my fantasy league if if I got him in the right area. But... I, I don't I don't disagree with you with you feeling that way. Uh, my my bust is going to be Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. I oh. don't think that Deshaun Watson is going to be like a a full blown bust. You know, like like he's just too talented to to be that. I think that 
he is going to seriously struggle because I I just look at the Texans roster and you know playoff caliber team last season or playoff team last season, but I don't see where they drastically improved this off season. Like like we think the Chiefs the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, but the Chiefs went out and they brought everybody back, right? And and, and that's because the, the, they're going for it right now. Like, what did the Texans, as a contending team in the AFC, do to make you believe that they can compete with the Chiefs? I, I don't think that they did anything to make you think that. I, I don't think that they did anything to make you think that they can truly compete with the Ravens, and I think that Bill O'Brien is going to continue to hold Deshaun Watson back. Now they traded for David Johnson. They're giving David Johnson a ton of cash. So you know they're going to use him the same way they use Carlos Hyde, which is an offense that hinders what Deshaun Watson can do with his production. And so for a guy like last season, he had 3,800 yards, 34 total touchdowns. I don't know if Deshaun Watson can surpass those numbers, and he's being drafted as a top-five quarterback. So I'm not willing to draft him where he's being drafted because I don't think he's going to be a weekly top five quarterback for me this season. I can back it. You know, you say they didn't do anything to get better. They definitely got worse. Uh, they got a injury prone running back and they got rid of the best receiver in football. So yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. Uh, you want to give me your breakout player? Yeah, sure. Uh, Hollywood Brown. I'm all about it, man. I love it. Put on, I love it. He, he put on the weight. He seems serious about football. Uh, obviously, football runs pretty well in those family genes. Um, he's on a team that has a quarterback that's electrifying. You want to talk about a team that you know does have targets, that can run the ball, that can definitely get you disguised into thinking that here comes like another little dip and dunk kind of play. Let's see what Lamar can do. And then bang, down the field for 65 is Hollywood Brown, who is faster, stronger, more involved in the NFL, more involved in that offense. I think there's a chance, and I've got my eye on him. I really want him on my fantasy team this year. I think there's a chance he does what Juju did in his second year as a wide receiver. I love Hollywood Brown. I've been getting great value on him. He's a guy that I've been targeting in multiple drafts, and I've been getting him in multiple drafts. I absolutely love that. I think he's going to get a lot better this season as well. My breakout player, you might be familiar with him from last season, Jets tight end Chris Herndon. Your boy. I Let, love let's go. Chris Herndon. I <laughs> absolutely go. love Chris Herndon. You can get unbelievable value on him. You can get him like 13th, 14th round as your tight end. He's going to be Sam Darnold's top target because their wide receivers are garbage. Sam, <sighs> Darnold, R- Sam Darnold made Ryan Griffin a fantasy viable tight end last season. And Chris Herndon's actually talented and athletic. I absolutely love Chris Herndon. I think he's going to be a breakout player this season. Just throw him the ball, Adam Gase. Please, please throw him the ball. Ryan Griffin, I think you're a very athletic person. I'm sorry Steven doesn't, but you're in the NFL and and played. So sorry that he he put that on your name. Moderately average athleticism for an NFL. You can't backtrack now. You call that man not athletic. (laughs) He's He's not that athletic. All right. We appreciate you guys sitting down with us. Uh, we will be back next week, maybe, or the week after. We're, we're, we're going to start doing these things weekly as we get closer to football season. Uh, so be on the lookout. Force to punt. 
We will we will try to update you weekly, and then, uh, obviously as the season starts, we're going to be doing these more often. And we've got a lot of cool content that's coming your way during football season. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at 610 Sports KC. Make sure you like and subscribe all of our content on the 435 Podcast Network. We'll talk to you soon. Easy. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.